Hi everyone, welcome to the It's Growing Season podcast. I am your host Maggie and this series will be about all things related to real growth, true health and wellness, and learning to love and care for yourself. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope this podcast inspires you to invest in yourself more and to never stop growing into the best version of you. So without further ado, let's jump right into the show. Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the It's Growing Season podcast. I wanted to introduce myself a little and welcome you all into my journey of self-development, how I started, and where I am now. So my name is Maggie, Um, I'm a sophomore studying at USC, double majoring in business administration and NGOs and social change. Um, I am currently in Taiwan due to COVID-19, so I'm taking online classes back home. Um, And I think just being back home has really given me a lot of time to reflect on um, my journey over the past year, which I'll get into in this episode. And I've always wanted to make a podcast because I love sharing about my experiences and just helping people grow through... um, hearing about other people's journeys, how they've overcome a lot of obstacles in their lives. And I just feel like a lot of things that I'm going to be talking about later are very applicable to um, people my age. So I'm hoping that this podcast will serve as a tool for anyone who is um, who doesn't have a support system or who doesn't have anyone to, you know, talk to or um, who don't know of any resources. So I want to begin by telling you all about my journey of committing to self-love and self-care. And this all started because I developed um, a very restrictive relationship with food. Um, just like a lot of young teenage girls starting in middle school, we're all on Instagram and Snapchat. Um I began to have a very distorted view of my body and my, um, it's what we call body image. So body image usually has like a negative connotation. And in this context, it was, I had, um, I, I had a very distorted, um, exaggerated view of what my body looked like. So I developed an eating disorder in eighth grade, um, it wasn't, I didn't know what that was. I didn't label it as anything, but in hindsight, it definitely was. Um, so I had disordered eating behaviors since I was in eighth grade and started from small acts of restriction, which turned into something that would control my day-to-day actions. So throughout my life, I played soccer and touch rugby. Um, it's been very important to me ever since I was young. I was on sports teams. I was, you know, constantly exercising, growing up, watching my nutrition, staying fit, etc. And as an athlete, particularly a female athlete, um, I felt an immense pressure from myself to look and per- perform at the highest level. This was a lot of pressure on my body, my mental health. Um, it was just a lot to handle on top of school, on top of societal pressures. But a lot of the pressure was self-imposed. And this coincided with puberty, of course, through middle and high school when my body was rapidly changing. I was getting a lot of muscle from all the intense workouts I was doing. 
And like I said earlier, being on social media, um, on Instagram, which, which feels toxic comparison among girls, especially, especially among young impressionable, impressionable girls, um, which creates a very toxic cycle of, um, like I said, comparison, but also striving to look like someone who doesn't even look like themselves in real life. What I mean is by models who are almost always photoshopped um, so they don't have any cellulite, they don't have any flaps, they don't, they fit into these size zero jeans. But in reality, those models don't even look like themselves, which is very deceiving for young girls who take everything they see online as truth. So um, I definitely fall into this trap when I was younger. And so I began to, you know, really restrict my diet. And um, I'm not really going to go into specifics of, you know, what I was doing because I don't want this to be triggering in any way. I don't want anyone to, you know, get any ideas from this, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I had um, a lot of coaches and parents come up to me asking me what I was eating because I was evidently like losing a lot of weight. And um, my coaches were very concerned. But, you know, I was very good at faking it, um, even though I got a lot of injuries, especially knee injuries. Um, but no, like I just you know, saw the over-exercising as me staying fit, me, you know, because I did perform well in sports, even though I lost a ton of speed my in eighth grade. Um, I used to do track, and then I lost, like, a ton of speed, and um, I don't know. I attributed it to my knee injuries, but the knee injuries were due to the fact that I wasn't properly nourishing myself, so, you know, it all connects, <laughs> but I also suffered from a lot of other ramifications of not feeling myself properly. Like I lost my period for a year um, in high school, in middle and high school. And um, I had a lot of hair fall, fall out. You know, I was thinning, thinning, thinning. <laughs> I was balding really bad. It was not fun. Um, but I would just like pull out strands and strands of like bunch of hair. Um, every time I shower and stuff like that. It was not fun. Um, I was cold all the time. I bruised very easily, especially with the sports I play. They're very physical. And I would, so I would bruise very easily and heal very slowly. Um, and like I said earlier, I got a lot of injuries, you know, ankles, knees, especially. Like I still suffer from, you know, the post injury um, pains every once in a while. Um, and yeah, it was towards the earlier half of my high school career when I realized what was happening to me, but I would deem this as like quasi-recovery where I would try, you know, like, try to get my period back. Um, I knew it was because I wasn't eating enough. I didn't have enough fat in my body. Um, um, and in... I think during my freshman year or freshman, sophomore year, sort of realized what was happening to me. Um, I, at this point, I hadn't got my period back. I was, um, you know, when you're that young, you're not really thinking about not having kids. Um, for me, when I didn't get my period, I was honestly kind of happy because, 
you know, I didn't have to worry about all the mess that came with periods. Um, I just thought of it as annoying. I didn't think of it as, you know, a sacred part of being a female. Um, so I kind of, I guess I quasi recovered, um, which is BS, but <laughs> I would, you know, eat more than I did before. Um, and I ate a lot of red meat back then because I wanted to, I thought eating red meat would help me with um, getting my period back, but which I eventually did get my period back, but you know, it was nowhere near like recovered. I was still in that bad mental space where I didn't really know um, how bad my eating habits were and how detrimental it was to my health. Um, so yeah, I was I had nowhere near a good relationship with food. I lost out on a lot of family time. I would make excuses to skip on meals with families to quote unquote study. Um, I would skip meals with friends because I was just afraid of eating out. Um, a lot of my friends don't know about this actually, but yeah, I was very good at making up excuses just to not um, participate in activities that had food around because I didn't have control. I'm a very type A personality where I really need, like I need control over everything that I do. So not being able to control that really freaked me out. And I just ended up avoiding the situation altogether. Um, I was overly fixated on every single ingredient that I ate um, that was on my plate. That was, you know, the stuff that I was going to buy. I would spend a long time in grocery stores or like shopping online, you know, buying foods from like buying imported stuff that was more expensive, but I knew was healthier. Um, so a lot of money wasted. Um, I ate very repetitive, like safe meals um, that I didn't have to work, think too much about. So this meant that I lacked a lot of diversity in my diet. Um, and this leads to the next phase in my journey, which coincided with my, I guess, my passion for environmentalism and sustainability. So um, around halfway through high school, I learned about veganism. I didn't start off, I didn't go, you know, cold turkey, vegan overnight. I start. I started by cutting out red meat, and then I started cutting out chicken. I started cutting out fish. I was pescatarian for a really long time, and then I started cutting out, you know, eggs and dairy. Um, so I was vegan. I transitioned to veganism over the course of a year, I'd say. Um, and I had a lot of excuses, again, for why I was vegan. Um, you know, I said that I was lactose intolerant, when, which I'm actually not. Um, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I can easily digest uh, lactose. I, like, I eat dairy now, and which I'll get to later. I'm not vegan anymore, by the way. But, um, I, like, I can eat dairy fine. It was just an excuse for me not to eat it. Um, but yeah, I stopped eating red meat first for, uh, health reasons because I learned about the impacts of, um, red meat on your body. 
but then I also learned about the environmental impacts, all of the water, land, um, fossil fuels used in producing cattle and all the other red meats out there, um, the emission of methane, stuff like that. And then I started cutting out chicken because I watched a PETA video <laughs> of a chicken dinner in reverse, and that really freaked me out. So I just stopped eating chicken overnight. And then I was um, pescatarian for a while, like I said, and um, then I learned about the harmful impacts of mercury and overfishing. And so that was the um, environmental side of me seeking, but also in the back of my mind was another voice that was telling me to just cut all these things out so you have an excuse not to eat so many things. Um, if I was restricted to only fruits and vegetables and like nuts and tofu, then I would be, I would lose weight. I would naturally, like no one would question me. No one would force me to eat things because I have veganism as an excuse for me to not eat things. Um, it was, you know, uh, a way for me to hide my restriction under the guise of a healthy lifestyle change or a conscious um, citizen of the world. So yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm still a strong environmental advocate. I appreciate anyone who is committed to reducing or eliminating their meat consumption for the betterment of our environment and for the animals. However, I truly believe that only people who have a healthy relationship with food should be vegan. And by healthy, I mean you don't have restrictive tendencies um, and you're truly doing this for the environment and for the animals. Um, I will definitely make an episode on, on why I'm no longer vegan because it's too long to get into right now. But um, in short, uh, it was not very healthy for, um, for me to be vegan at this point in my life. And it was... Um, jeopardizing my health as well because I developed a lot of digestive issues. Um, but I will definitely talk about this in another episode. Um, so yeah, during those couple of years, I was hungry all the time because I was restricting myself so much. And there would be times where I would just binge because my food, my, my body was so deprived of fuel and nutrients. And this is very normal when you're so deprived of food. You know, when you don't eat properly and you get you don't feel your body properly all it wants to do when it sees food is to eat it and when you restrict it for that long and it gets to a point where you know you just let go and you just go you just go for it and it was a very it was a very unhealthy cycle for me and it took me a long time to realize this and to get myself out of this cycle so yeah I just feel like I've lost so many precious moments in my life due to um, my eating disorder. I would go on um, I would go on runs instead of spending time with my family. I would go to the gym instead of eating with my friends. And you know, last summer I went two summers ago, actually, yeah, summer of 2019. I went on a cruise with my mom and my grandma. And honestly, I was so hungry all the time. It was so hard to enjoy the countries I visited. You know, I was in Santorini. I was in Athens. I was in Rome. But 
it was so hard for me to focus on the the culture and the beauty and the delicious food when I was first of all vegan and a lot of these countries aren't very vegan friendly but also just having the energy to walk around to you know sightsee and you know so I was like this at a very cyclical problem with food and exercise and I just didn't do anything about it um I lost a ton of weight and it was it became very obsessive and I would it was just like thinking back on it now like it really wasn't worth it I wasn't living my life I was um deep down I was very unhappy because I was just so fixated on food that you know because I would think about I consider myself a very happy person a very positive person I mean um but you know I felt like that was kind of a facade of what was really going on in on the inside so this continued into college you know going to USC moving from Taiwan to LA it was a very big transition for me I didn't have a kitchen um, I was on a meal plan. I was living with a roommate. Um, it was a very big transition. And around October, uh, no, around mid-September last year, so exactly a year ago this month, I opened up to my friend Audrey. Audrey, if you're listening to this, hello. <laughs> um, I opened up to her about you know, what I was going through. And Audrey has a very neutral, she has a very good relationship with food. Like she sees food as food. She loves food. She's such a big foodie. And, you know, she eats food because she genuinely enjoys it. She doesn't restrict herself. And that was what I was striving for. Like I wanted to live like that, but I just didn't know how to because, you know, I went five years of my life not doing that. I went five years of my life going against what my body naturally wanted, what I was craving, and I would just go for the safer, healthier option when my body really just wanted a freaking piece of cake, you know? So, um, yeah, when I opened up to her about it, I was it felt like such a relief because, you know, when you when, when you hold something inside of yourself for so long, you know, you feel like no one understands you, but that's because you don't you haven't told anyone about it. You don't give anyone the you haven't given anyone the opportunity to listen to you, to try to understand you, to try to comfort you, to try to help you better yourself. So that was a really big step in my recovery because, you know, the first step to um, solving a problem is to is admitting that you have one. You know, and that was my first time talking to anyone that deeply about this problem. And so ever since then, I've committed to um, recovering from this, you know, eating disorders are mental illnesses. You know, you can be completely weight restored, but you can always have those thoughts in the back of your mind. So, you know, ever since a year ago, I've um, definitely weight restored. I've been um, on this constant it's just a constant battle of knowing what's right for me and those thoughts I had for the last five years. So there are some days where, you know, I can feel a little bit down, but 
for the for the most part, my life has in the baseline of happiness for me has shifted tremendously. My standard of living is so much higher now. I'm so much happier every single day. I can safely say that I'm like positive because I'm happy. I'm not positive as um, a facade to hide my eating disorder. I'm genuinely so happy in my life and I'm just so, I feel so content and I feel like even though it was so difficult to um, take this step forward, to take that leap, it's so worth it. Um, if I could talk to, if I could just talk to myself a year ago, I would just tell her to, you know, be brave to, you know, do what's best for me because I, you know, you can't live like this for the rest of your life. You can't grow grow up to be an adult, to be a mother and still be trapped in those thoughts. It's just not the way to live. Um, and so since then I've, um, stopped being vegan, um, I've, you know, I, I don't eat that much meat now. Um, I try to still eat, um, a majority of my diet is still plant-based. I don't want to call it diet. I want to call it my, you know, the food that I consume is still plant-based, but I do eat meat. I eat chicken. I eat fish. I eat eggs. I eat cheese. Um, I eat red meat. Most of the time I eat red meat is when I'm out with my family or, you know, if I'm served and I'm just, I have to eat it for, um, just to not be rude. But I would, like, I wouldn't necessarily order red meat myself because I still stand by my environmental values. Um, but yeah, it took me a really long time to overcome a lot of the foods that I've sort of X'd out of my lifestyle which I would call this these as fear foods and it you know it was a day-by-day process it was every single day I would challenge myself to something or not every day but every once in a while and even though it's scary I'd have days where I'm just so discouraged um I really told myself that you just have to get through this day and it'll be better tomorrow, it'll be easier the next time you eat it, and now I can eat a variety of things, I'm um, so much more experimental with my food, I've gained so many new memories, or revisited old childhood favorites that I haven't allowed myself to have in years because of a fear of gaining weight, and honestly, gaining a couple of pounds isn't going to change isn't going to kill you like gaining a couple of pounds in my opinion is so insignificant compared to the memories you can make with your friends on late night ice cream runs with your family when they just want to eat pizza at night because they're lazy to cook Um, being able to watch netflix with your loved ones and just munch on snacks or like going to the movie theater and eating popcorn these are little joys in my life that I have um, gained back it's like I'm reliving all the I'm making it's like I'm making up for the five years that I've, I've lost um, and I just feel very happy with myself I'm very very proud of myself for coming this far it's been one year um, it was one year around two weeks ago. 
Um, Because, you know, you get those, like, memories on Instagram and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, the reason why I wanted to share my story is because I believe that this is a problem that is too, too common in society today. Um, Extreme dieting and compulsive exercising is extremely normalized and thin is preached and placed on a pedestal while fat is shamed and stigmatized in society. Yeah, so as society as a whole, we have... Um, definitely internalized weight bias that pressurizes far too many people to look a certain way. We have a very narrow standard of beauty. Um, Health is very narrowly defined as well. We believe that um, being able to, like the key to longevity and the key to looking beautiful can only be found in a thin white female body. And this is so far from the truth. The truth is that health is possible at every size and we don't have to take extreme measures to look a certain way, to you know, be healthy, to be loved because we were all born on this earth for a reason that is far, far, far from restricting our food intake to look a certain way, to be as small as possible because we have so much value apart from the way we look. Like, the way you look is the least interesting thing about you. I want to know about your personality, your interests, your passions. And those are what makes you you and not the body that's just going to, you know, start wrinkling when you're older, you know? Um, yeah, so this is why I wanted to share my story. I want to normalize these conversations. I want to... You know, if you're struggling with this or, you know, someone who's struggling with this, I really hope that in me sharing my story, um, they'll know that this is not normal. This is not the way to live. This is not how you have to live the rest of your life. There is a way out and it may be difficult, but it's so worth it. Again, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of my podcast. Um, If you're struggling with something similar. I really hope that you'll reach out to someone that you trust and because there are actually so many people in this world who care and love about you and want the best for you. So even if you don't think that, just reach out to someone who you can confide in and to talk about your struggles and to you know take a step in the right direction. Um, I'm always here to talk if, um, you feel comfortable. And yeah, so for the remaining episodes or for the future episodes, I mean, um, I'm going to be interviewing some of my friends, some people in my community, and I'm just going to be talking about myself, my journey of self-development, because it's um, more than just, you know, my relationship with food. I've also grown a lot in the spiritual realm. I've also grown a lot in, you know, self-care, self-love, that type of thing. So if you're interested, um, be sure to follow my podcast. Um, I think it's follow. You don't subscribe on Spotify, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.